0: Hello everyone, we're back. We're back in the saddle. We're starting with season two. Yeah, season two of Brick Bride Brick podcast. It's exciting times. Um, you know they're probably going to be watching this, listening to this, and thinking, "Oh wow, they did a season two like Fortnite." Fortnite does season. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Fortnite invented that. Because everything is derivative of Fortnite. <clears throat> but man, it's uh, it's fun to be able to do this again. Jacob, how are you feeling, man? I'm ready. Me too. I'm ready. Me too. It's been,
1: uh, you know, it feels like it's been longer, but the last episode we published was
0: just in March. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. So... Uh, so, well, you know, not, not too bad of a turnaround. I think we've been doing better, a little bit better. Yeah. And hey, summer's upon us. We should be able oh, to yeah. crank these out. Get ready hopefully. for episodes. Hopefully, hopefully. But I mean, we've been spitballing. We've been uh, in the lab trying to figure out what we wanted to do, where we wanted to go with yeah. uh, Brick by Brick podcast. And uh, we're going to be trying some new, new different things. Mm-hmm. If, if you guys uh, were in one of my classes, whether it be World Geography or Civics, I had you guys write down some of the questions that you had about the Bible, about Christianity. So, we're going to start working through those. So, that might be a bit of a different thing. We might do uh, a normal episode one week and then switch to a QA episode one week and kind of go back and forth. That way, we're yeah. keeping the content fresh. Oh, yeah. You know, we're keeping it from getting stale. You know, uh, we all, you know, suffer from short attention spans. So, we need to make sure that our, our snaps are firing. Uh, on all cylinders at all times, but yeah, we're back at it. We got a new uh, passage of scripture we're going to be going through. We're going through Second Peter. Yes, uh, I believe that we went through. Uh, we listened to a, a message that Doug Wilson gave this week because he mm-hmm. talked about God and government. And he was kind of talking about, you know, the spears of government that were established by God, and it was. It's really cool how much he can get from. A couple of verses of Scripture. Oh, yeah. And just looking at the the uh, framework we've got for this one, it's going to be pretty pretty good. So if you want to take it away, Jacob, let's get right into it. Yeah, let's
1: do it. So, Second Peter, um, that is what we are covering Sunday mornings at Calvary Student Ministry. So come and join
0: us if you don't. And what time is that, Jacob? Nine in the morning. <laughs> nine a.m. That is nine, Sundays. nine colon zero zero a.m., correct? Okay. Not 9.15. Yeah, not 9.15. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to make sure, because there is some confusion going there around. There seems to be,
1: but it's nine o'clock, yeah. so we, uh, we'll we see you there. Uh, yeah, Second Peter. Uh, so, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump in. Uh, we're covering verses five, six, and seven from chapter one. So... Uh, If if you'll notice the screen here, check this out. We actually, uh, well, if it's going to work. Yes. Let's go. Moving up. All right, so here's what the verses say. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness, verse 7, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So that's all we're covering. But it's a lot of good stuff. In so there. much there, yeah. It's a lot of stuff, okay. So, motivation. We're going to talk about motivation for a second. Behind every single decision that you ever make, you know there's motivation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I mean that, like every single decision you ever make. And we talked about this, uh, you know, this past Sunday, and students, when I said this, they were looking at me like, what do you mean? Well, here's what I mean. Did you fix your hair this morning, Royce?
0: Uh, Minimally. Minimally, but you did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, your motivation behind that was? Not
0: looking like a bum.
1: Not looking like a bum, right. Um, You played football in high school. Yeah. Motivation?
0: Uh, Wanted to play on yeah. the field wanted to play on the field and since we wanted to play on the field we had to work at it so at there it. was you know things that we had to do in order to get to that point it wasn't you know if you were just trying to you know step out on the field in august with no conditioning no working out mm-hmm. uh, you'd probably die yeah quite possibly Yeah. definitely actually absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so i think you get
1: where we're going with this this whole motivation thing right there's yeah. motivation behind the decisions that we make, the things that we do, um, well, just like everything else, we have motivation to do what these verses are talking about. Yeah. Right. And in order to know what the motivation is, we actually have to read the verses before that. Right. So we're just going to read those real quick, starting in verse one of chapter one in Second Peter. of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. There's a lot of good stuff there. Oh, yeah. First of all, salvation, right? God has saved us. Uh, We are partakers in the divine nature. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He keeps his precious and very great promises. He has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, Uh, We have grace and peace being multiplied to us through Jesus Christ. All of these things are wonderful things, and that is the motivation to do these things that we're talking about in verses 5 through 7. Okay. So we talked about that, right? That's the reason. It starts off and it says, for this very reason. That's the start of the, yes, so you have to look back. When you see the word for, you look back. That's
0: what we did. It's like when you drop a a nice therefore. It means that there was something that kind of, Uh, sparked or bloomed into the statement you're about to read. Yes,
1: exactly. So, uh, that's our motivation to do these things. And it says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and so forth, okay? So, make every effort to supplement. Uh, It's important that we understand what the word supplement means in this case, right? So, uh, I give the illustration of like a supplement when it comes to working out. Yeah. Right? So you can take a supplement, uh, whether it's like a shake or a pill or something, and what that does is it helps you see results in the gym. Yeah. Right. Um, it's not steroids. It's not crazy or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's just. not uh, steroids <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know. So, you you know, you drink the shake and the protein or creatine or whatever. It's supposed to kind of
0: help you reach the goal. You're, exactly. You're getting and the, the the great point to make here is that. The emphasis of it's a supplement. It's not the thing. Like you don't you don't work out and then make your diet consist of whey protein shakes. Yeah. Yeah, Right. You eat the the your normal nutrition. You Mm. want all the nutrients to come from actual food. Yeah. But then you have these things that come alongside to aid you. Like you can you can get big with creatine or without creatine. Yeah. You can get big with whey protein or without whey protein, but these things are aids they're yes, not the thing exactly. right and that's why he emphasis emphasizes that they aren't the thing they're yeah, helping they're
1: helping the supplement so he's saying supplement your faith with these things he's saying you do them to help your faith deepen yeah you, you are like you said it's not the thing but it's helping your faith mm-hmm. deepen right and so in the previous verses we've got established that you don't work for your faith that is a gift it's given Yep. Your faith is a gift given to you by God for his glory. those That's what the previous verses uh, are saying, right? He's given you the your faith. He's given you all the grace that you need to live a life honoring to him. So you're supplementing or adding to it, right, by striving for personal holiness. That's yeah. what all of these things that we're going to talk about, really, you can you can melt it down to this. You are striving for personal holiness. So God has done his part, right, and this is our part. It's yeah. not all of it, like we said, but we're doing our part in this uh, in, the, in the Christian life. You're committing um, to do your best to live a holy life, right? And so that's what he means when he says you're making every effort. That is, every day, all the time, we're making effort. We're trying our best. So that means when we wake up, when we wake up in the morning, we should be trying our best to live a holy life, right? We should be yeah. making our efforts to do things that are honoring and pleasing to God. Okay. And just like the Bible always does, because the Bible is awesome, it doesn't leave us there and make (laughs) us wonder. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't say, hey, uh, make every effort to do this. Go. Now. Shoo. Exactly. Now we have all these words, virtue, knowledge, all this stuff, and we're going to talk about it. Virtue. Virtue means showing high moral standards, right? So that's a fancy way to say doing the right thing. Yeah. Do the right thing. The right thing according to what, though, Royce? Uh, God's Word. God's Word. The only
0: true standard that we have. That's it. Doing Golly, the right thing. And it's almost like all these things are going to kind of fold in on themselves yeah. and kind of make a little, like, a teepee of holy, holy, godly living.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're making every effort to do the thing that honors God. Yeah. And uh, honestly, we could, we could kind of just close up shop and be yeah. like, okay, are you doing this? Now go and do it. It's like if. the, you know, we have to, of course— Talk about Paul Washer yeah. <laughs> on the first episode of that fact, season two episode one. We just, we just one. have to, you know. So he was he's preaching a sermon and he's talking about how I don't remember if he was preaching this particular uh, sermon or, or if he was there, maybe just a story he heard. I don't know. But the point of it is that this this man would walk into church and he would sit down right and he would listen to the first like five minutes of the sermon. Oh <laughs> yeah 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 okay, okay. And then he would get up and walk out, and everybody got to the point where they were like, "Who is this guy? What is he doing?" And whenever they finally asked him about it, he was like, I, "I have to go do it. I have to go. I have to go do it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to listen to the hour left that you have left. Not because it's bad, but because the first five minutes convicted me so much that I'm like, okay,
0: I'm going to go. Yeah, I need gonna... to take this one step at a time here. Yeah,
1: right. So uh, we're going to keep going, but make every effort to do the thing that honors God. So think about. Your decisions. Think about your life. Think about everything you're doing. Are you making every effort to do the thing that honors God? It's a question that we all have to be asking ourselves, right? Yeah,
0: and it's a it's a great place to start. Uh, you know, we we love to wear the "What Would Jesus Do?" bracelets. Oh yeah. Uh, here we go. What would Jesus do? <laughs> yeah. Right. What what is what is you know what's going to be honoring to God? Those uh, bracelets action... actually mean something. Yeah. Hold on. It's not wishes? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it meant Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, so we've got the next thing there that he mentions, and it's knowledge. Make every effort to have knowledge. Now, he's not just talking about knowing things, but what he's really getting at is the idea of wisdom, okay? You need to be wise. So you need to know what the right thing is, and you need to know how to do the right thing, right? So it's not just recognizing, oh, this is the right thing. It's having the wisdom to then say, now I need to actually get there and do it. Yeah. Right? So... Make every effort to to be wise, to to have wisdom. But what does the Bible say about wisdom? We will get wisdom if we do what?
0: Uh, read the Word of God. Read
1: the Word of God. We're gonna keep you. This is gonna be yeah. We're gonna keep coming back to that, right? <laughs> Reading God's Word and asking Him.
0: Yeah. Asking God to give you wisdom, and He will. Yeah, He will. I I promise you, uh, speaking from personal experience. If you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. Yes. There is no reason for him not to. Mm-hmm. There is no. There is no reason. He's not going to benefit from you being a dummy. Okay. <laughs> or he, from withholding wisdom. Yeah. Like, exactly. Is, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, growing not only in wisdom, but yeah, just y- knowing what the Bible says. How are yeah. you supposed to do the good if you don't know what the good is? Right. You know. Yeah. So
1: we're talking about wisdom, but then not not just wisdom. He is talking about knowledge, knowing things, but not just things, but specifically knowing God, knowing Him, relationally, right? So we are, in a sense, talking about His attributes and things like that, but we're not just talking about facts about Him. We're talking about Him, yeah. getting to know Him, knowledge of God, right? Knowing Him, right? So, again, that's what we're saying all the time. You've got to get in the Word of God. You've got to be reading it. You've got to be reading the word of God. And we're going to talk about that more in a second. So we're going to kind of just move on to the next thing that Peter mentions. He talks about self-control. This is a big one, right? Having the ability to control self, Self self-control. Yeah. Having the ability to control self. Okay. So he's urging believers to make every effort to be in control of yourself, your flesh, your passions, right? Your sinful desires. So here's the deal. We have two options, right? And that's it. Two options. You can either be in control of yourself or yourself controls you. Yeah. It's one or the other. There's no middle, there's no third option. There's no, no, it's you are in control of yourself or yourself is controlling you. And what we mean by this is you are either controlling your sin or your sin is controlling you. And uh, specifically here, uh, Peter, he's getting at the issue of sexual sins. Really, that's the heart of kind of what he's getting at with with the letter. Um, and on Sunday, we kind of just talked about how how challenging this is for everyone, right? Yeah. But really, for for the generation that our students are in right now, yeah, you know, just with the, just technology that you guys have, just everything you're exposed to, it is a really difficult thing to have self control in general, but then specifically over sexual temptations, right? So. You gotta have self control. So I'm just gonna ask you a question, Royce. Yes. How do you where do you start?
0: You know what I mean? With the self-control. Like where where in the world do you start? I mean, when it comes to self control, um, you kind of just have to be real with yourself and understand that well, this all comes back to, you know, we're sinful beings and that naturally you know, we don't have that self-control, and if you don't have, if you cannot control what you do, you're closer to an animal than you are yeah. a person, right? Like, you, if you if you kind of watch the, the 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 teenagers, right, the kids, the middle schoolers, um, they really don't have self-control. Mm. And I mean, when we were when we were middle schoolers, we were there, like we were the same thing. But like, if you if one of them makes fun of another one. Yeah, there's it's it's immediately, immediately I need to have retribution. Yeah, immediately I've got to respond, mm. right? Um, and we have like we are called to govern ourselves. And when we, we watch that um that uh, message with Doug Wilson, when he before he establishes like the three types of um, government established by God, they all have the foundation of you must be able to control yourself, right? These things are put in place to um kind of bring rein you in when you're not showing self-control, right? That's what the civil authorities are for, right? When the families failed to, you know, kind of raise you and point in the right direction. When the church has failed to kind of discipline you, then if you're a bigger problem, you're passed on to the magistrates, right? You're passed on to the civil law. And that's when kind of it's uh it's um elevator, escalated, I guess you can say. But um Yeah, I I agree with what you have written here. It's kind of getting rid of what caused you to stumble is vital. Yeah. You know, Um, until you can, you know, I'm not saying that you need to be like the Hulk and be able to kind of like just, you know, uh, just bulldoze through anything that could cause you to stumble. Right. You know, but yeah, there are times when you need to remove those things Mm -hmm. until you're in a state where you can, you know, Get those things without stumbling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of hard to, to phrase out.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's good. Recognizing where you yeah. have issues and then doing something about yeah. it. Yeah, don't
0: don't lie to yourself. <laughs>
1: Stop lying to yourself. Um, so technology, is, is that causing a problem? Maybe you should get rid of it. Yeah. Or set parameters, tell somebody. Right? Accountability. All these things. Like, the, the point is you have to recognize it and you have to do something about it. And yeah. sometimes you have to take drastic measures to have self-control, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you just have to realize and you have to do something about
0: it. Yeah, you can't... Um, you can't just throw these things to the... Like, I'm think, I'm talking, like, the broader sense. not just sexual sin. Anything, yeah. you know, when it comes to self-control, you can't just assume... It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Because I think that's the problem with a lot of a lot of the kids' face, a lot of adults face, is they think, okay, well it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's not worth me crippling myself. Like, what what am I gonna do? Not have a phone? Mm-hmm. Like when am I not not gonna have a phone, really? You jump to like, the extreme. Exactly, yeah. you know. Um, but you have to remember, I mean, Jesus said himself, like, is it is it worth going to hell over? Mm. Really? Is it is it worth that? Is it is that thing enough? And you know, you have to kind of you know, do your cost benefit analysis yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I want, I want this thing, even though it presents a clear problem, like a, a clear temptation or a clear stumbling block, but I will deal with the stumblings to keep having it. Yeah. Right. Um, and like you said, people are going to look at that and say things like, Oh, well, that's just extreme. Like you're going to really do that to kind of, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. Cause this is a big deal to me. Yeah. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And if you understand it's a big deal and you accept it's a big deal, then you believe it's a big deal, then nothing should be beyond mm-hmm. what you're willing to do, you know? Yeah, yeah
1: definitely. It's good. So we got the next thing that Peter is talking about, and he says steadfastness. And uh, pretty much steadfastness means firm, unwavering, yeah. persevering. And so the point is do not waver in doing the right thing. Stand firm yeah. in what you know is right. So standing firm upon God's word, right? The things that he says to do and not do, you stand firm. Yeah. And even whenever you, this kind of fits back into self-control, right? Yeah. Because even whenever you're like, I really want to do that thing. Yeah. You stand firm in what you say, like, or what God says, I mean. And then in doing so, you're exercising self-control. Yeah. You know? Um, and, I mean, every single day we're met with hundreds, maybe more opportunities to give in. And do the wrong thing, but we have to stand firm, right? Yeah,
0: and you can't just—it's like when we went over. Um, I think it was—was was it numbers when we um, we talked about uh, Moses and Aaron yeah. when they they humbled themselves before the Lord, but then immediately struck the rock, right? right? You can't just—you can't just punch the ticket of your steadfastness, mm-hmm. right? You can't just be like, okay, well, I did it that time. Now I'm gonna falter, right? Yeah. The goal is steadfastness forever, right? Yep. Then you have moments when you fall, but the goal, the ideal is you are steadfast and you do as God commands and mm-hmm. you, you know, do as expected of you till you die. Yeah. Right. And you know, that's what we have to you know, we kind of have to just, you know, revel in it. We have to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we're standing firm all the time and that's a hard thing to do. When you're in the middle of so many people that are doing the wrong thing. yeah. Um, Royce and I know what it's like specifically for Calvary kids, um, where you would think it's like, oh, Calvary, everybody does the right thing. No, no. (laughs) No. And sometimes it's really hard. A lot of times it's really hard to keep doing the right thing. Even when everyone else around you is doing the wrong thing, Um, you have to stand firm. And there's times where it's going to look like everyone around you who's doing the wrong thing is actually, like, prospering more than you are. Um, Don't give in. You have to stand firm. You have to stand firm uh, upon what God says, right? And then, of course, when your friends are pressuring you and trying to get you to do the wrong thing, you say no. You say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand firm. You know, just like Roy said a second ago, you're going to get really. Are you really going to not yeah. do this? Why not? Because this means a lot to me, yeah. right? Because if I do this, it's sin, and I
0: don't want to sin because I love God. And even better, even greater, it's it doesn't just mean a lot to me. It means a lot, regardless of yeah, my of yeah, yeah. where I am in it. Mm. It means a lot. It, it's it's a commandment. It's what I'm it's what I'm expected to do. Yeah. Right. And um. Yeah. It's it's going to be easy to kind of just. It's going to. It's going to be really easy to kind of uh, commit to their version of Christianity instead of Christianity, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to be really easy. It's really easy, probably, to blend in here than it is to be the real deal here, right? Everyone's got some kind of ridiculous concept of what Christianity is, you know, and they'll be following that because it's probably a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot less expected. But you know we're not called to do, you know what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. We're called to be holy. We're called called to be righteous, and we'll talk about how you know what is righteous and what is holy yeah. in a little while. Exactly.
1: So. Yeah. Next thing, uh, godliness. Right, making every effort to be living a godly lifestyle. Right, to live with reverence towards God, being loyal to God and His Word, being obedient to God. Make every effort to be godly. To do what God desires to see you do, right? And I don't think I have to add much more there because it kind of it's just, everything is just kind of building on top of each other here, right?
0: Yeah, and this was this was probably one of the coolest parts about the um, the video I showed the kids mm-hmm. um, because he he uh, he summarized it so well. He said, um, "Whenever you are dealing with any kind of authority, um, you do you are not obedient to them." For their own sake, mm-hmm. you're obedient to them for God's sake. Yeah. It is literally for the sake of God mm-hmm. that you are obedient to anyone you listen to, and that's a, a message. I tried my best to like out of the entire video. It's you know it's like thirty minutes of him preaching. It's all good, but they're seventh graders, right? So I'm I'm pausing as much as I can to kind of yep. break it down. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, listen, you need to understand this. the 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 reason you're obedient has to be transcendent. You can't, you're not just gonna be obedient to people for the sake of them being who they are. Yeah. Right? Because inevitably you can justify not being obedient. You can justify whatever you want. But if my obedience to the authority figures in my life isn't rooted in who they are, but is rooted in who God is, mm-hmm. and He's commanded me to be obedient to not cause yeah. trouble or not cause problems. And insofar as you know they'll let me, mm-hmm. right? That's what I'm expected to do, yeah. and as long as you keep that in mind, it's going to make you know dealing with authority a lot easier in life. Because a lot, you know, the students aren't really realizing yet that they're going to be under authority for the rest of their lives, and if it's hard now with a teacher, yeah. uh, I, I <laughs> perish the thought of them having to deal with the boss or you know a cop or whatever. Yeah. Right? No, we show respect, we show obedience because of God, not because of their placement. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, very good. Uh, Verse seven.
1: uh, Next thing that Peter is talking about here is brotherly affection, or in other words, brotherly or sisterly kindness. Yeah. Okay. Um, So be kind. Yeah. (laughs) Just be. Just be kind. I mean.
0: I I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to my 7th my grade boys, my 6th grade boys, like, yes, we like to goof off mm-hmm. and give each other a hard time, right? That's not being mean, Yeah. okay? Yeah. We like to goof off. We like to mess around. That's not what we're talking about here. No. There is a h- clear difference between being malicious to our, to our peers and to our classmates that is not goofing off. Mm-hmm. And, and here's another thing. Someone who does not want to goof off with you Is not you goofing off with them. If you are messing with someone who wants you to leave them alone, that goofing off is now malicious. Stop it. Yes. Seventh grade boys. (laughs) Golly. Like they will they will mess with people who do not want to give them the time of day. But it's like, it's okay. I'm like, I'm just I'm just, you know, I'm goofing (laughs) off. It's like get a life. Stop.
1: (laughs) Just stop. Be kind to one another. Be kind to everyone. Just be kind. Don't be rude. Don't be mean. Don't gossip. Yeah. Don't spread rumors. Don't lie. Don't look down on others. I mean, just we could list off so many things, but it's so important.
0: Why is it so important to be kind as a Christian? Um, Because we're supposed to basically be the light to the world, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) the world's already got plenty of reasons to despise us, Yeah. you know, so... Let's not give them a valid one,, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, this is what, once again, going back to that thing we watched those kids, um, he was talking about like the reason Peter's warning them about you know being upright morally is because persecution is coming right. and you cannot be, though he used the term thugs that they are calling you. Yeah. You cannot be what they are calling you. When they call you something, it needs to be a lie. Yeah. Right. If they're calling you bigots, if they're calling you, you know, whatever, you know, slander that the world's going to throw at a Christian, it's going to be a lie because you're not that. Mm-hmm. Unless they're literally calling you, oh, you, you righteous child of God. Okay. Well, you know, you had a point there. <laughs> yeah. <right>? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But they're not going to be calling you that. <laughs> they're going to be calling you every, every term under the sun. Yeah. Right. So you can't give them any foothold for their argument against you. Right. Right. Um, that's that's kind of a practical example, but also we should be kind because we are supposed to love one another ah, and you know uh, yeah. be kind to one another and build each other up. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna be hard to do that if you're not, you're not being showing yeah nice. if you're not showing brotherly affection to each other if you're not you know encouraging each other bearing bearing one another's burdens. Um, you're really not gonna get there. Yeah,
1: so. exactly. So I just realized if if you're listening and not watching, you have no idea why I just went, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was pointing yeah, at the we're, verse yeah, at because the, the next thing is love, right? Yeah. Love. He closes the sentence by saying that you should make every effort to love, right? Now, uh, 1 John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. You can't have love for God and hatred for someone at the same time. Yeah. Right? You cannot do that. God's word. You cannot do that. Okay? So how well do you love others? How well are you loving the people that you go to school with or play sports with or whatever extracurricular you're involved in or your family or random strangers? How well are you loving those people? Are you showing the love of Jesus to those people when they meet you? When you, Whenever you talk to people, are you showing the love of Christ by the things that you say, the things that you do? do? Do people have any reason to think that there's anything different about you? I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Because that's that's kind of the, the gist of this, right? Like, when people meet us as believers, something in their brain should go, this person is different than 90% of the other people in the world. What Why is this person being so kind to me? Like I'm just, just got to know you. You're being so nice. Like that should be, the kind of the the questions that the I guess the world is asking about us is like, wow, they're kind. They are loving. They're doing all of these things. Um, So loving others, right? So all of these things that we've talked about, holiness personal holiness that's really the bottom line is is what we're getting at all right so he's telling us to try our best uh to to be diligent about living out these things but you cannot forget the reason why yeah why are we doing this what is the reason that we are living this way it's all because of what jesus christ has done for you right
0: yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I've already you know pumped a little philosophy into this this uh, um, this podcast later on, but that reminds me of a quote by an atheist. Actually, hold on, mm. hold on. Um, so, let me let me see if this is a. Yeah, this was a Nietzsche said, he he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. Okay, so basically, what he's saying here is that if you have a reason for doing something, then you could probably withstand any kind of circumstance that goes yeah. against you. Now, uh, he's an atheist, and you know, and already kind of you know, dumb, right? But I'm just messing around. But I mean, you know, a, a blind squirrel can find an acorn every once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Is he not? Is he not right? Yes, if if you know if if Christ if this is what we're living for if what Christ has done is what compels us, then truly we can undergo anyhow. The the apostles underwent anyhow, mm-hmm. right? They were persecuted heavily. Mm-hmm. The early church was persecuted heavily. People in other countries are persecuted heavily, and they are finding this this the ability to endure this because of. What Christ has done, and also through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you just kind of bring that up. That's yeah, it's wild. great.
1: It's great. Thank you, atheist. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that
1: is the reason why. Okay. Um, and we also have to remember why do we have to connect it to the reason why? Because if we were to just say all this stuff and say, okay, Whenever you close the, the episode, uh, go do these things. And we didn't say exactly why. That turns into just behavior modification. Yeah. It just turns into like, okay, they told me to do these things. I've got to do it. i got to do it. I've got to do checklist. it. Let's yeah. go. I've got to do all these things. And that is not not what we're getting at. That's not what the gospel is getting at. That's not, it's not the point, right? So we're doing these things because of what Christ has done for us. But this is not done simply through sheer willpower. This is not done just by us saying get it together, man. Like, you know, like you were saying earlier. Like, it's not like you just just force your way through everything and yeah. just beat yourself into submission with all these things, right? It's it's much less our doing and my doing, and it's much more the Holy Spirit's doing, right? And so that, that's why I love verses the Romans chapter twelve, right? Uh, Don't be conformed to the world; be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? So what what's he getting at here? is how do you transform your mind? Not just by willpower, but by doing something, yeah. by reading the Word of God, by spending time in God's Word, right? So you don't will yourself to change. You're not You're not listening to these things and saying, do better, do better, do better, <laughs> you know? Darn it, I've got to do better. Oh, because that gets exhausting, and that, that makes us, you can get tired and weary, right? You can just feel beat up whenever you're looking at your life and you're saying, oh, I'm just, I'm not performing well enough. Right? It's not a performance. It's yeah. not... That's not the point, right? So we have to stop trying to live these these things apart from the Holy Spirit's work in us. Because the Holy Spirit will change you. The Holy yeah. Spirit sanctifies you, right? Go back to episode whatever that was, <laughs> you know. Stop trying to do that without the power of the Holy Spirit, because truly you're just like a hamster spinning on a wheel. Yeah. without this. You're just like, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to keep stumbling and you're just going to keep getting mad. The Holy Spirit changes you through time spent with Him. Get in the Word of God and watch the Word of God change you. You can literally watch yourself transform and become more like Christ. Yeah. You know? And so uh, I guess that's a really great way to just transition into the second part here.
0: Yeah, perfectly. That was a flawless transition. We decided today for our building blocks that we're going to be talking about how you read your Bible. Okay. I know this sounds like, well, duh, Coach King, I just, I've been taught English. I can read just fine. (laughs) No, they can't. Um, (laughs) Disclaimer there. But we have a bunch of different, you know, topics we want to talk about. Two main things, starting with why should we read the Bible? Yeah. Right. Some of these may seem a little bit obvious, right? But uh, we're going to go through them nonetheless. All right. Our first one, why should we read the Bible? Uh, as a Christian, this first one should be pretty obvious. Uh, it's God's Word. If you claim to love and respect someone, if you claim to love and respect God, um, how can you at the same time neglect what they tell you to do? Okay? I hear this all th- I'm about to put every single one of my middle schoolers on blast right oh, now. All right. Um, I hear so much... Like this is even a brag. This is this is me bragging about my, how naive I am. Um, I hear so much, Coach King is best teacher, my favorite teacher, this is the best, the you, goat. You know all this nonsense, right? All these lies. Um, yet when it comes time for me them to do as I tell them to do, the funniest thing happens. This is, this crazy phenomenon. They don't do it, <laughs> right? I tell them time and time again, "Hey, do this for me. Do this, do that. Please stop talking. Hush. Be quiet. Someone's presenting. Stop talking. You know, just you know, basic things. Hey, we're watching something. Be quiet. Um, they, like okay, they'll, they'll be quiet for a second. It's like, hold on, where am I again? Oh, I want to talk. I'm going to start talking again. So it's like, if you were saying. That you know you respect someone. If you're saying that that's your favorite, if you're that your favorite teacher, you love that teacher, whatever. Should you not be compelled to do as they say? It's the same thing here, yeah. right? If if I mean, and once again, how are you going to know what they say if you're not reading the word, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there is there's a there's an intimacy that comes from getting to know a person, yeah. right? You can't say you know someone not know of, but know someone if you don't talk to them. Exactly. Right? You have to talk to them yes. in order to get to know them. All right. And I'm not saying that God's going to start talking to you audibly. That's not going to happen, but <laughs> he has given you a, a canon, a, a book of what he's telling you to do. That is God's word. It was God, God breathed. Right. Um, I just, I love the, I love that example. I remember, uh, coach Tim, told me he was like, doing a, have I, have I said this on the podcast before? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know either. Um, if, if they can sue me, um, he uh, he went to a like a prison ministry and like they didn't give him enough time as usual or something, and he like only had like five minutes or ten minutes or something to preach to to talk to this group. Oh, okay. like he, he was he's meeting with a group of guys and they they gave him a shortened window that day. Okay, um, and he straight up walked in. He was like, I want more time, but here's i here's what I got for you. He's like, all right, here it says. He just says, if you really love me, you'll keep my commandments. He says, none of you keep Christ's commandments. You don't love Christ. I'll see y'all next week. And leaves. Right. Wow. And then he said that like all the all the prison inmates were like were like, you know, up in arms. They're like, hey, bring him back in here. Hold on. <laughs> we need more time. He's like, and that's how I got my time extended. You know? Nice. Um, but it's it's that same thing. Like, it's so simple, right? If you like, do you love me? Yes, I do. Are you going to do as I say? Mm, something's wrong here, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're not going to do as the person you are claiming to love says, then it it shows how much your you know how much your love's worth. That yeah. might sound mean, but I mean it's the it's, truth. It's, it's what I it's what I see with my own eyeballs, right? Um, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. Um, how are you supposed to do what you're commanded if you don't know what you've been commanded to do? Okay, so it's God's word. You claim to love God need to be reading God's Word, all right? Moving on. Uh, A kind of a bigger overarching kind of point here, right? We need to remind ourselves of God's promises and what He's done for us, okay? By reading and comprehending Scripture, we as Christians get to witness the redemptive history that has been taking place since creation, all right? So the beautiful thing about the Bible is that it's tons of different authors, yet they're telling the same coherent story, right? And that same story starts in Genesis mm-hmm. and concludes in Revelation, all right? And it's the same story. And throughout the story, we'll get to see different, you know, that we talk about the types and shadows of the Messiah that is to come. We see these small glimpses of either failings or triumphs that set that in our brains say, "Oh, well, that's that's looking forward to Christ. That's supposed to be Christ. That is." who Christ would have been, who where Christ would have succeeded, where this person failed, yeah. right? So it, reading the Bible, you get to comprehend this narrative that God has unveiled for all of us, right? So you almost get to, you know, you get to understand the the whole of it instead of just, you know, understanding bits and pieces, you know, and it's important to understand the entirety of it. Um, but it is something you'll be working at for a long time. We have the benefit of seeing the biblical narrative in its entirety instead of having it revealed piece by piece, right? We have the benefit of living now instead of back then. Where it's like, okay, um, you know, uh, we're not gonna bow down uh and worship the idol, uh, and we know that God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, you know, we're still not gonna bow, you know. But in that moment, they didn't know what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. We do. We saw what happened, yeah. right? We we get we have that benefit of like, oh, I see. I get we we get to see the biblical narrative instead of being you know first person. It's we're zoomed out, yeah. and it's top down. I can see you can see all of it, and the more we study it, the more we comprehend it. It's like, oh, I can see all the lines going through here. I can see all the connections connecting us throughout this entire um, story, right? So that's a benefit that we get to enjoy as Christians living in the day that we live in. Um, Not only that, we can read through the scriptures and clearly see the foreshadowing yearning for the Messiah. We talked about that um, and his fulfillment in the New New Testament. So we get to see Christ unveiled in the New Testament. Uh, We get to see his ministry. We get to see what happens after he ascends, right? We get to see the birth of the early church. All these cool things um, are laid out for us. Um, As Christians, we know the narrative has been written but not completed in history. And what I mean by that is, you know, Revelation was written, but revelation hasn't come to fruition yet right so we get to we get to look forward to that so now it's not simply that we're looking back into history and saying oh that was cool that that happened we are now actively a part of it mm-hmm. because revelation hasn't happened yet right so we're we're now part of the narrative you know we yep. we we are the church that is functioning and moving and working in this time period mm-hmm. right so it's cool to you know see yourself uh, 'Cause we talk a lot about making sure that people aren't like kind of spectators in their Christian life. Well here's here's the you know, an example of not being a spectator. Yeah. You're on the field, you know. Um this gives us an actual role in the story, talked about that. Um, and this is compelling us towards holiness and Christ likeness because when you see yourself actively as a part of it, you're gonna be less inclined to kind of sit back and say, Oh, well they did it. You know? Yeah. They took they did it, they 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 you know, they won. No, we're a part of it, therefore we have to take up that mantle, basically. Yeah. We have to be holy. We have to be Christ-like. And as a Christian, you should be moving towards that anyway. Yeah. You should be desiring that and kind of uh, actively pursuing holiness and pursuing righteousness, which will happen, as we talked about, um, through the Holy Spirit. Um, and then finally, for reasons why we should be reading the Bible, it's there's some practical examples, right? And one of my favorites is in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, Solomon, allegedly, we assume it's Solomon, says there's nothing new under the sun. And the idea here is that man has faced the same problems now they faced back then. Okay, It's not like humans were a different species now than they were back then. Well, Look, Coach, so, we have so much more technology. And it's like, yeah, and are we any better for it? No. <laughs> right? Technology has given us anonymity. And the ability to do things without facing consequences. Do you think we're better off now? No, we're not. Uh, probably worse. If I had to, if I had to say, right. So, um, it, it, it gives us practical wisdom. Right. We have an entire book called Proverbs of just practical wisdom yeah. for us to take from it. Um, we can also see, you know, how past uh, believers have handled certain situations. Um, all these things that they are forced to enjoy and be edified by right so there's there's no there's no reason for us not to be um, in the word not to be reading the scriptures yeah right do you good. have any you want to add for why we should read the Bible no
1: that's very good
0: I know I I'm I get it all in the first try all right <laughs> I I never fail Um yeah, so let's move on to how we should read the Bible. Now, this one is 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 the biggest, right? I, it's it's not difficult to convince you, you should read, the, read your Bible, yep. right? Most of the time, you might just think it's daunting and you kind of you know push mm-hmm. it away, put it put it off till later, yeah. right? But well, we can't do that. All right, we've got to be in the Word and be getting close to God, close to our understanding of God, of who God is, right? I um, might have to read this more verbatim because um, I got kind of technical here. But first thing, okay, we need to keep in mind that everything written in the Bible has a context in which it was written. Okay? They're, they are found in a time, a place, and a circumstance, or a culture, you could say, that is unique to our own. Okay? So. We cannot just jump into the scripture and start making one-to-one comparisons between what we experience here and what they experience there. Yeah. Okay, because they're they're two different things. All right. Um, whenever you re- whenever you you know listen to people talk about, it, they'll say something like, "Oh, well, the the three rules of scripture is context, context, context." Right. So understanding what the message that is meant to be conveyed is is very important. It's mm-hmm. almost it's not just important; it's vital. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you're not understand if you're not striving to understand the message that was written, then it's just words. Yeah. Right? Um then uh not only is there a context to each book in the Bible individually, but like we talked about each each book is situated into the narrative as a whole, right? So it's not just like we're jumping from island to island and it's like, "Oh, well, yeah, this is the other Christian book," right? Yeah. No, there's a through line that is ha- that's kind of connecting all of them from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Right? So you know, always keep that in mind. That's
1: important. Because context, again, um, will keep you from just straight up misinterpreting. Yeah. You know, like, that's the importance of why you have to know the unique things about the, the time, the people, all that stuff, the culture. Yeah. Is because if, if you were to just take it and, and just throw yourself in there and be like, oh, yeah, today, that, like, the meaning, okay, that you bring out from it is going to be way off from what it's actually saying. Yeah. You know, so... That's why it's, uh, again, why really context is really important.
0: And theater nerds get this. That was probably meaning to <laughs> me to say. But, theater nerds. like, I do, honestly, side note, nerd's not even a slander anymore. Like, you know, Gavin called me a nerd. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, thank you. And? Mm-hmm. Do something about it, yeah. you know? But, you know, when I, when I did some uh, acting stuff in college, one of the, the, the tenets for oral interpretation was, uh, who are you? what are you saying, who are you saying it to, why are you saying it, right? And those four things, there's probably a fifth one, I don't know, but those four things are going to basically give you how you're going to perform. If you can answer those four questions yeah. and get the ta- context of the situation, then you're going to be able to perform how you're expected to perform, yep. right? So there's so many layers to you know what's happening here. You can't just look at it, oh, there's words on this page, I'm going to read these words, and that's mm-hmm. going to be it, Right? Uh, that it, it can't happen that way because we, we need to know who is he writing to, what's the point of his message or yeah. their message, yeah. right? And if you leave those things out, you're not going to be able to, I mean, at, at best, you're not going to get the most out of it. At yeah. worst, you're going to be in error yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. gravely. That's so uh, stop me if
1: I'm getting ahead of you no, here. Go but ahead. another helpful thing um, in, in trying to make sure that you know the context is to be asking questions about what you're reading, right? So yeah. for example... Like what we just read from Second Peter, the first words are Simon Peter. Yeah. Right. So the first question you should ask is, okay, who is that? Right? So good point. Who is that? And then you find through the rest of scripture who he is, what he did, what's he writing this letter for, right? All these things. And then before you've even started reading the rest of what it says, you have context because yeah. you
0: know who he is and what he's writing for, you know? And That reminds me of another important principle when you're reading the Bible. Scripture interprets scripture. Scripture. We use one bit of scripture, unlike he said, who's Simon Peter? All right, I'll take, I'll look at that, I'll find who he was. Oh, here he is in the Gospels. Now I know who he is. Why is he saying that? Oh, because he was an apostle of Christ. Mm -hmm. Boom. So now I understand the entire big picture. So that's perfect. Yeah.
1: You know, and then we don't have to go through everything with that point there, but he says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle. Um, what does that mean? Yeah. Servant? Hmm. You know, you may put a question mark in your Bible. Okay, servant to who? Servant, what, what does that mean? Oh, an apostle of Jesus Christ. There's your answer to the question you just asked, yeah. right? So it's really like you're engaging with God's yeah. word. You're asking yourself questions, and then the further that you read, in the proper context, you're going to find the answers, and you're going to start to figure things out, right? So, yeah, it's
0: good. Context. Yeah. and one, once again... Going back the philosophy classes, when I had um, my philosophy religion class, all her homework—the only homework she gave—is she said, "Here's an excerpt from a f- philosophical work or whatever or paper. Ask me three questions." Mm. And I was like, "That's so dumb! Like, ask her. Th- I- You're supposed to ask me questions." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh wait, now I have to think about the stuff I read," and she'll know if I'm, you know making up a dumb question just to get it done so like I have to actually come to points that I'm not familiar with or I don't understand and genuinely ask questions I mean I have to read the whole thing right which you know same thing same thing for middle schoolers as a college student if you give me something to read I'm probably not gonna read it right <laughs> if I can get away if I can get around not reading it I'm probably gonna do that right yeah. um but yeah uh where do we end off you ended off on the context yeah okay perfect so perfect were... perfect Okay, got it, got it, got it. So next, um, this is something I think, um, yeah, so this is something I struggled with when I was little. But the next thing is do not approach reading the Bible without some sort of plan, okay? Now, I'm not saying that you need to to have to, like, you know, plan out your entirety of (laughs) your Bible reading journey. For the whole year. And don't you dare open that Bible (laughs) until you know exactly what you're going to be reading every single day of the week, right? No. But when you sit down to read, you need to know what you're reading. You need yeah. to have a plan of what you're going to read, right? And that can be as simple as, I'm going to read the book of Job. Okay, fine. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine, dude. Go do that. But you can't, as I did when I was little. Like, I remember, I will never forget, I was like, um, I was in youth group. I had just gotten into youth group. I'm like, maybe, maybe fifth or sixth grade, right? I'm not like... Uh, Super, super high in the eucalyptus. yet. But I, they asked me, like, okay, Royce, how do you, how do you usually like study your Bible? And I was like, well, I open up to a random, random spot and I start reading. And he's yeah. like, he literally looked at me like, what? <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that from now on. But yeah, like, what are you going, there, there is, there, I'm telling you this right now, there is not only zero benefit to doing that. I'd say there is negative benefit to yeah. doing that because yeah. you're going to fixate on just words and sentences mm-hmm. and phrases yeah. and you're going to derive meaning out of it. You're going yeah. to derive a message out of it without understanding the context yeah. or why that was written, exactly. right? And you could do that all day. Yeah. You can find I could if you if you gave me the mission of you know coming up with a message you want me to preach to people and you say, "All right, Royce, find a way to preach that from the Bible." Mm-hmm. You could probably do it. I could I could isolate as many things as, as necessary yeah. to get the message I want out of that set. And I remember, um, I, I was I was in the same argument with um, one of my coworkers back at Coastal and Door, and he was like, you know, I just don't, you know, I don't believe what, what was his argument. He was arguing about. Um, he said the Bible isn't trustworthy because all preachers want is money, and I'm like, uh. what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the Bible can be misinterpreted like that, like then, you know, how am I supposed to trust? Them? I'm like, give me your phone. I'm going to text your wife and say, you know, whatever I want. I'll say, hey, you're smelly, you know, <laughs> your cooking is bad, uh-huh. right? Um, Toy Story 2 is a bad movie, whatever, right? <laughs> and... From that text, if that's all she has, yeah, right. Then, it doesn't, doesn't, then, it, well, I need to explain myself. Well, hold on, why do you need to explain yourself? I mean, it's just, a, it's just a text message, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying is like, you can do that for anything. Yeah, I could take, I could take anything you've ever said, anything that's ever been written down in text. And I can distort it into whatever message I want it to be, yeah. right? Which you know that example doesn't really work that well, but like that's what I told him. Like, listen, I can make anything say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Okay, that does not put the the the. It does not levy it against the Bible. It yeah. levies against people, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, which is which should be it should be obvious, but you know why yeah. why are, why is anything obvious nowadays? But um, when it comes to uh getting in the Bible, all right. My favorite thing to utilize, this is probably, if, if we're talking about, you know, base level, I'd say the base level thing you need is a study Bible, okay? Mm. A study Bible is great because, like Jacob said, Jacob gave you the 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 non-study Bible way of looking at things, right? Who's Peter? Yeah. Why is he saying these things? What did he do? Well, if you have a study Bible, it'll tell you it exactly you. that. Yeah. So if you look... All right, I'm going to get somewhat close to the the screen or what uh, the t- thing. This is 2 Peter opened up on my Bible in my Bible, all right? If you look, all this right here that's just the text of the scripture, all right? That little bit right there, that yeah. little paragraph. The rest is them explaining stuff. Yeah. Okay? So, if I go even further, if I go past that, all right, it'll say introduction to 2 Peter. Mm. It tells me the title. It'll tell me the author and the date. Who wrote this? When was it written? Also, it'll tell me the background and the setting, okay? So where was he when he wrote this? Why was he writing this? You know, where was he at in the world when he was writing this, you know? Not only will it tell me the cultural things, but it'll also tell me the historical and theological things. Yeah. Why is this book, the Bible, relevant or necessary to our Christian faith. It mm. tells me that. How awesome. Then it even tells the interpretive challenges. What's yeah. gonna make this difficult for you to understand it? Which it's a it's a blessing. Then finally it ends with a an outline. So it basically says, hey, you know, you're gonna read this, and the first part is gonna be knowing your salvation. The second part's gonna be knowing the scriptures. This is the 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 kind of flow he's gonna have throughout his entire book of the Bible. Yeah. right. And a study Bible will tell you all those things. Now, um Moving on, after the introduction, right, you can just start reading. So even if you skip the introduction, right, you know, like most of us do. Like (laughs) most of us skip the forewords. I I skip prefaces. I skip forewords. I don't read those because, you know, sometimes I'm dumb. But, you know, um, the next thing is, like I said, Whenever you're reading through this, say you're reading the first verse, Simon Peter is servant, apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained the faith of equal standing with ours by righteousness, righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Boom. Verse 1, sorry, ch- uh, chapter 1, verse 1, then it tells me all of the things I might need to know. Anything yep. I might have a question about. And they'll, they'll do it by word. So Oh, what's to those mean? Oh, well, I'll tell you what to those means. The recipients of this letter are the same as those who received Peter's first letter. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, right? <laughs> so for the most part, anything you're going to have a question about is going to be answered in that kind of underscored yeah. uh, subtext, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's been very rare that I've had something where I'm like, okay, well, what's what's this even talking about? And it's not there, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, and usually, understand. if I look it up and find it, it's, it's something not important, right? Yeah. So you know, if it's important and vital, it's going to be explained yeah. there. It's right?
1: all. He's not saying that there's pieces that are not important. No, right? no, no yes. vital to understanding. Understanding yeah, it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So if like if you come to a verse and it's like, what does that even mean? If they don't, if they don't explain it, if they don't have a a, a portion about it, it's probably not something that's going to alter how mm-hmm. you understand it. Yeah. Right. Um. It might just be you know something small, yeah. right? But that's the important thing to remember mm-hmm. is that a study bible is you need to get one. Okay? So uh what kind of study Bible? Is I'm that? using the John MacArthur ESV study bible. Yeah. All right. John MacArthur's a G. Um yeah. Other than that, I would suggest the ESV study bible. Yep. I would suggest the Reformation Study Bible. Yeah. Um those are probably my top three. Yeah.
1: There's uh there's actually an ESV student study bible.
0: Yeah. And that's really good. It's really good. ESV makes amazing yeah. Bibles. Yeah. Like if I'm looking at like not only the content, yeah. but the look, like Crossway. Mm-hmm. When I worked at Lifeway, dude, dude, they had the sickest looking Bibles I love I've ever seen. Yeah. They are gorgeous. Yeah. Right. So Keep those in mind. Get a study Bible. It's like yeah. it's the price of maybe a video game. Oh yeah, for for a good study oh, yeah. Bible, oh, yeah. maybe the price of a video game. Okay, the so, student
1: the student one I'm talking about is I would say it's cheaper than a video game. Really, video games run what $60, 70 bucks 60, now. Seventy. A student ESV study Bible. If you order one online, it'll, it'll go 35, 40 bucks. Ooh, so that's a
0: steal. Yeah. Just bypass the yeah. new the new Fortnite bundle. Yeah. Okay, it's probably lame anyway. It'll yeah. come back in the store in a month from now. Yeah, get a study Bible. Mm-hmm. You will. You will. You will not regret it. Yeah. Okay. A study Bible is um definitely if we're talking about supplementary stuff. Oh yeah. You know that's that's creatine monohydrate, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So next um approaching how we read the bible um in succession so i'm going to give you levels of uh things you should look for when you start reading i know that sounds weird but um i wrote down concepts so if you're like if you've got a a topic you're trying to read about you may put that first so like say you want to read the gospels okay read the gospels that's fine right or you want to read the wisdom literature that's fine right so you might have big blocks of stuff you're interested in reading that's fine but when it goes, I'm gonna tell you as, as small as I'm willing to get a book of the Bible, that's fine. Yeah you read a book of Bible, you can you can reading a book of the Bible is gonna give you the the full picture, right, of what you're trying to look at. Um, reading a chapter is a little is a little iffier, yeah. right, because you're you're kind of moving away from the the book as a whole. You might be missing something unless you've been kind of reading through a series or you're very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. What I would not do is passages and verses. Yep. Net, there's like, it sounds bad, but there's never a reason just to be reading verses and passages yeah. unless you're committing things to memory. Oh, yeah. Right? Or you're mm-hmm. meditating on something. You should never read the Bible and say, okay, well, you know, verse 53, oh, that was good stuff, and then close yeah. it. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where you're really getting into. Uh, dangerous territory, I and mean, unless you're reading through, if you're reading a verse a day, okay, that's a you do you. I mean, I look, know.
1: look. If if you're in a, if you're at a spot where you're like, guys, I don't ever read the Bible, ever. The, yeah. the reality is you're you're not gonna open it up today and read an entire book, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So we're not saying like you are a terrible person yeah. no, if no, no, you're no. only reading one verse at a time. If that's if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. That's fine. Okay, but don't be
0: reading. Oh yeah, no no, 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 everywhere, no. no. Right? Um Yeah, like a chap like a chapter, you don't have to read a chapter a day. I usually I do it I try to go for a chapter. Yeah. at it, the very least a chapter. Yeah. Now if you're if you're drawn in, keep reading. mm mm-hmm. You know, don't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, keep going. Because
1: remember, like the 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 chapter number and the verse, even the verse numbers and all the headings, those are not that's not inspired. Yeah. Right. So, a lot of times, the reason why we're saying don't just read a chapter, 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 um, or or not don't, but why sometimes it's not as helpful is because sometimes the thought that the author is making continues on into the next chapter. So, you may stop at chapter two, and you're like, but wait a minute, he didn't, it's not finished. That's because
0: the thought finishes in the next chapter. Yeah. Right? So... And usually the study Bibles or Bibles in general will split that up. Yeah. Usually if they're moving on to a new thought or a new concept, they will title it and yeah. say, this is what he's talking about, right? And sometimes when they don't, that means, hey, we're going straight into the same idea. He's going to keep elaborating. Yeah. Um, so moving on from, yeah, just you want to read everything. Just remember everything in context, all right? As long as you understand the context, you're, you really can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um but uh what was I saying here? It is far more edifying for us to read larger excerpts of, the, of scripture uh to make sure we are deriving the proper context. It is far too popular nowadays for Christians and even pastors to cling to small, very specific pieces of scripture that portray the message they're trying to convey instead of what is there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um I'm not going I'm not going to do that quote. That's stupid. Um but uh when it comes to to reading text okay this was a big deal when 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 typed or written messages came along like that was that was crazy right because now someone's word is now far away from them they don't you don't have to be there and listen to them what they say can transcend past them It's, it's it's being spread right and it may spread with someone misunderstanding it and then the person not being able to explain what they meant they call that the hermeneutic hermeneutic double bind right so there is what the person writing meant to say and then there's what the reader of what they said took from it yep. right and we, we it's the big meme you know now cuz we're finally kind of shifting away from the the contemporary bible study of well, what do you think about this passage what does it like, mean, mean to you it's like who cares right um but this is where we're kind of moving away from mm-hmm. right finally um, is what's this mean to you? When no, there is a context. There's a meaning that it had, right? Mm-hmm. And it's God's word. It's not, God's word isn't, you know, the dragon scroll that we're looking <laughs> in? It's everyone's reflection. It's like, oh, well, that was me. It was me all along. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a message they intended to write. Um, there is a, a message that the reader is going to take from it. And since the, the, the writer isn't there to explain themselves, and since the reader can't ask the writer what they meant, right? You've got to make sure you have every clue possible to yeah. help you understand what they said. So um, we did this a lot when we talked about um, the constitution with the the civics kids and I've probably talked about this on the podcast. You when when they read the Constitution, they've got to think about what what did the founding fathers mean? It's not just about reading what did the founding fathers write, mm-hmm. what do we think they meant. Yeah. Right. Because if you just look at the text then it's gonna be like, okay, well, I'm going to look at the text. What's the text say? Okay, it says this. All right, I'm going to do that, right? And you t- might take it too literal, might take it too loose. But if you think, okay, well, in their time period, what what could they have meant by this? What was yeah. the you know, what was the world they're living in? Which is what we do with the Bible if we're going to do it, you know, diligently. If we're going to do it, you know, be good stewards of His Word, we're going to, you know, kind of as James White put it, like kind of you have to do the work, right? You have to do work. Um, mm. But yeah, do you have any other uh, other thing, other tips and tricks, life hacks, if you will, for reading the Bible? Um, I don't. Not for this episode. I think um,
1: there's several more things that we could say. Maybe we'll address it again in the. Probably will address it again in the future. Yeah. But I think that's uh, that's enough for for right now. Definitely. Very good. Definitely.
0: All right. So, <clears throat> moving on to the last um, topic uh, of. Our episode, episode one, season two, very private podcast. Um, we're going to talk about this, this kind of monumental thing that just happened. Okay, so for the first time in U.S. history, a judicial, a Supreme Court judicial decision was leaked. Okay, so this does not happen. Okay, they like to brag about how nothing leaves the office, well, oh, yeah. but this decision, it was leaked. Someone took it and said, okay, I'm going to leak this to the public. And get the public outraged about it to hopefully change their opinion because the the choice was Roe v. Wade is being overturned. Okay, Roe v. Wade is the Supreme Court decision that is about whether or not a woman has the constitutional right to an abortion. Okay, so what this means is that uh, if this does get overturned, which it hasn't yet, but they basically just in, it, I've I've sat down and read through about half of the the draft. Um, Opinion. It's like 90 pages, but it's not like it's like not full pages. It's like kind of like, you know, it's not it doesn't sound like I'm as 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 steward as, you know, as (laughs) as as studious as it sounds. Right. It's it's not too difficult. It's not a bad read, but it's an official document that was leaked. It's not like someone put in Google Doc or whatever. Roe v. Wade going down. Right. (laughs) No, this is an official draft and they break down why they're turning it, why they're overturning it. Um, basically, they're in agreement that the Roe v. Wade was a terrible decision. It didn't. Um, even if we're going to, I know it's it's hard to say this, but if even if we take away the the um, murder aspect of it, we're going to put the heinous crime of abortion to the side for a second and just look at how the law interpreted, how the Constitution interpreted. Even then, like this would be this would be ridiculous if it was about whether or not you can bake cupcakes on Tuesday. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's that bad. It does not make sense. So, if you want, put uh, the 14th Amendment up there for me. So, I did this with the 7th graders, okay? This is the 14th Amendment. This is, allegedly, where we derive our um, justification for abortion. Um, When you look at abortion, when you look at justifying abortion from the Constitution, basically, you have to Frankenstein a lot of different amendments. I know, I think the Fourth Amendment's a part of it, the Fifth Amendment, maybe the Ninth Amendment. I can't remember what the Ninth ninth Amendment is. But they had to take bits and pieces, much like we're talking about. We talked about how to read the Bible. We need to read it in context, right? Right. So what they're doing here is not doing that, right? They're trying to take bits and pieces uh, and and Lego their way to a defense (laughs) for abortion. So let's look at what we got here. All, per, all persons born and naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, meaning that you're subject to the United States jurisdiction, are citizens of the United States and of the states wherein they reside. Does that sound pro or anti-abortion? Not pro. It. it I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound like... Yeah. It sounds as though we are recognizing those born. Born. Right? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know why you'd want to go here for your justification, but that's what they did. So, um, and honestly, it might have, it's probably, we have to get, there are steps we got to take to get there. But anyways, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge, abridge meaning shorten or reduce the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, property without due process of law, nor deny, to any persons within its jurisdiction, the equal protection of the laws. Okay. So what happened was if you look right here, um, this right here, starting at life is called the due process clause. Okay. So when they read this, you can't deprive anyone of life or or, ironic. You're not, you can't deprive anyone of life. Hilarious. But moving on, uh, depriving of life, liberty and property without due process of law. From this portion, from this little snapshot of the 14th Amendment, not the entire 14th Amendment, obviously, but just this part, they derived a a right called the right to privacy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, from that right to privacy, they made up a they made up a right. That's not a right that's it's enumerated in the Constitution, which the Constitution, I believe the Ninth Amendment says, you know, just because it's not written down doesn't mean it's not a right. Mm-hmm. Right, which is to stop people to stop the government from being tyrannical and saying, "Oh, huh, that right's not in the Constitution, Bucko." Yeah. So uh, it looks like <laughs> you're going to jail. Like, which it's a good thing to have that, but you know, in this case, it's it's you know it's a little little wishy-washy because they're saying, "Oh, well, you know, it's just a right that's not written down." Right. Yeah. So the right to privacy, then it's basically kind of the way I understand it is it's the right to kind of be able to handle your own affairs. So it's it's very very. Uh, quickly leaning into kind of my body, my choice kind of stuff. Oh, that's yeah. that's, my, that's my privacy, right? Yeah. It's my privacy. It's my issue. You know, kind of stay out of it, right? Yeah. So then w- when they took this portion and then got right to privacy out of it, then they jumped from right to privacy to right to have an abortion. Mm. So I think I described it to you as they, they literally double jumped like in a video game. Yeah, that's they right. They jumped from this point onto Air <laughs> and then jump to abortion, right? Yeah. So this is a um, Lego block. Yeah, the, yeah. This is a Super Mario uh, abortion clinic over here, right? Um, but yeah. Uh, hold on. This uh, this guy talked about it as well. Um, talk about the right to privacy. So this guy kind of just um talked about the examples of um right to privacy in in law. He said in Roe, the Supreme Court used the right to privacy as derived from the Fourteenth Amendment what, that we see here to extend the right to privacy to encompass a woman's right to have an abortion, the right to privacy founded in the 13th Amendment. Founded as in, I, don't, I see it's not there, yeah. but it was founded there. Um, where to we go? Right. Founded in the 14th Amendment's concept of personal liberty and restrictions upon state action is broad enough to encompass a woman's decision whether or not to terminate a pregnancy. So basically, we're all it's, it's all just playing games with what the words don't and don't do and don't say, is, it, is this broad enough? Is this loose enough? Is this gray enough to yeah. us to kind of make this assertion, right? So obviously everyone here who's listening and watching, we're not lawyers, we're not judges, and we can see that this is ridiculous, right? We can see that there's no case here, right? So Supreme Court Justice saw the same thing. I mean, even I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg was against Roe v. Wade, which blows my mind, but it's true. Um, but yeah, so what this is going to do, all right. If Roe v. Wade gets overturned, um, it's going to go back to the state's decision. the The Supreme Court doesn't make law; they interpret law. Mm-hmm. Right? We have legislators for making law, but we we've just been we've been we've been kind of flirting with this idea that the Supreme Court whatever they say goes when they just they look at the laws. And there's no law to look at here because right. they just made a decision that it's constitutional when there's no law that's constitutional. Mm-hmm. Right? So basically, if Roe v. Wade is is confirmed, it'll be kicked back to the states, right? So it's going to be in our legislators' hands to make laws against it. I know there's a bunch of uh, states who are against it. Of course, the states like, you know, California and all those, you know, godless states are still 100% pro-abortion, right? But it's now at least kind of in, you can choose to you know, maybe even live somewhere that's against it, oh, yeah. right? So it's mm-hmm. it's more in your court now, mm-hmm. right? Because we get to vote for our legislators, we get to vote for people who are hopefully going to share our, our ideals. But you know, once again, we're not th- we're not voting ourselves into power. We're voting a person who we yeah. hope represents mm-hmm. us, and we hope they're going to represent us well. Um. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's everything I wrote. Right? Okay, yep. so. The court took the passage from the Fourth Amendment and they derived it very good. So, um, when it comes to like, kind of where do we go from here, right? If Roe v. Wade gets overturned, what do we do? Well, um, I would suggest checking out, I just want to spotlight this website from um, uh, Jeff Durbin's church uh, called End Abortion Now. Uh, they have a bunch of amazing res- resources for people who are trying to, you know, you know, uh, I guess, witness to people at abortion clinics and stuff like that. So they have two portions that I think are really, really helpful, okay? There is, if you go to About Us, you can see them kind of give you a a flow chart of how to um, talk to people about these certain issues. They have one called meet the message to the legislators, then message to the abortion clinics, okay? So I just want to read through a couple of these really quick because I think they're very helpful. Okay, so talking to your legislator, right? Number one, communicate the humanity of the unborn child as made in the image of God, right? This is where a lot of our arguments have to lie, especially when it comes to murder and bloodshed, right? Yeah. The, the reason it's bad is because that's an image bearer of God, right? Whenever we talk about, you know, whenever, whenever it comes to the lives matter groups, it's like, well, guess what? The life of that group you're talking about, whether it's Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, Cop Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, whatever, right? They mm-hmm. they keep coming up with them every day. Yeah. Right. Guess what? If it weren't for the fact that person is an image bearer of God, their life doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry. Hate I hate to be the, the bearer of good news, but <laughs> if it weren't for news. the fact that they're an image bearer of God, they have no value. Yeah. Okay. And that once again puts the ball in. Our court, because we're the only ones who can explain the value of a human life. Yeah. Everyone else can't. Most of these these institutions, they even shout these things, are atheists. So I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. So they just talk about the basis for protecting unborn children lies in the biblical reality that they are human beings made in the image of God. If the child is in the womb, uh, if if the child in the womb is human, they must be protected by law. Um. I think John Calvin gave a great example of this when he was talking about abortion. He said like is it what's 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 a crueler thing to do? To kill a guy on his way to work or to kill him when he's sleeping in his bed, right? Killing someone when they're sleeping in their bed's pretty pretty, you know, pretty hardcore, right? How much how much more safe and how much more secure should someone be than in the womb, yeah. right? That's I mean uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so um then it talks about the abortion is, is murder, um, so it talks about the sanctity of the child's life. Then it says abortion, aborting that child is murder because it's the image bearer of God. If violation of God's law, and he, if he, it is a violation of God's law, and He commands us not to murder, the premeditated killing of another human being is with malice or for, of forethought is murder. Right? There are times when you know killing is justified, but this is not one of the times. All right. This is not a parasite, as people love to say. It's like, oh, well, oh yeah. it's, it's a parasite. It's like, oh, okay, th- a parasite, really, really. Yeah. That's where you want to go with this, right? Um, so at one point, you were a parasite. Yeah, then. you were a parasite. Yeah, no. it's like for some reason, you weren't. You weren't pro-choice when you were a parasite. It's so funny. <laughs> um, anyways, so it is murder. Then it talks about the role of the mm-hmm. magistrate. So it's kind of s- compelling our magistrate, compelling our civil authorities to do something about it. Yeah. The basis for protecting unborn children lies in the biblical reality that they are human beings made in the image of God. If the child in the womb is human, they must be protected by law. Yeah. Right? So this is one kind of how how Doug Wilson got into the topic of civil law. You know, the, the civil law has been given, I think they, like, use the example, they've been given the sword. Yeah. They're the ones who execute the law, you know, and make sure law, the the um, judgment is, you know, taking place, making sure justice is served. Right? Then it talks about Roe v. Wade, necessity for lesser ma- ma- lesser magistrates to ignore or defy an opinion from the Supreme Court that is not law. So they're saying, what the pre- Supreme Court said, that's not a law. So you're not breaking the law by disagreeing with it. Our original system of government, according to the Constitution, states that only Congress has the authority to make law. Therefore, Roe v. Wade is not law. It is a federal ruling based on a false premise that unborn children are potential human beings. Right? So that one's a lot. That's a... a, a a, uh, a good rabbit hole to get into if you go and check out this one yourself. They go into the other side of Roe v. Wade that we didn't talk about. The kind of mor- moral aspect of it. We just yeah. went into the technical aspect of it because mm-hmm. I had to teach this in civics. Um, then talks about number five, national judgment. The shedding of innocent blood brings judgment upon the nation that commits the act. God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. Abortion is the sacrifice of children in the womb as a result of sinfulness to the human heart. I'm just going to say this outright. If you if you're wondering why the world is going crazy right now, if you're wondering why the US is going nuts with all these different issues, whether it be like gender identity, homosexuality, rampant sin, rampant just, you know, degenerate action, uh, why are we surprised? Yeah. Uh what is it? Sixty five million babies since what, the seventies, maybe? Mm -hmm. Um, that's why. We are literally committing genocide, and we're surprised that we're getting judgment. Because the, the, understand this. The 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 gender identity, gender dysphoria, homosexuality, those are judgments yep. that are being given to us. It's not just a bad action, which it is. It's the judgment itself. Mm-hmm. And God says this. He's, he gives us over to these things. Yep. Right? Um, that's a little, little little tangent. All right? <laughs> Six, sanctuary cities demand that your legislator make your city-state a safe place for the unborn. Demanding that local government defy the federal judiciary and create a safe haven for children uh, is a practical step for local churches that can take to stem the tide of shedding innocent blood, um, while it's not the only way or setting uh, ministering before city councils is a way to instruct magistrates on their duty to preserve innocent life with their jurisdiction. Now, if you want to see how this has been done, there's plenty of examples. Um, There are probably hundreds of videos you can watch of uh, Apologia doing the same thing. They post videos of themselves going to the magistrate or the council meetings and presenting all the time. Uh, I remember one where uh, James White was talking about how, like, listen, uh, he kind of talked about how uh, the people in Germany were just they just kind of let the the uh, uh, the concentration camps happen. Yeah, he was like, you know, that was happening. Mm-hmm. They were allowing it, and they didn't stand up, and they have to look back on it in shame. Do not be them. Yeah, right. We we have an opportunity to stop this now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So we are. Uh, we have the opportunity to try and at least, you know, slow it down until it's completely like completely. Uh, um, criminalized mm. is basically the, the idea here right um, I know their arguments are always like I, I heard one argument it's like oh well it's just it's not going to ban abortion; it's going to ban safe abortions and I'm like um I'm okay with that your terms your terms are uh, yeah. your terms are acceptable mm. right I I mean I know it sounds cool but it's it's like why should it be safe mm-hmm. that baby's dead mm-hmm. that baby is going to die hmm Okay, so why should it be safe? Because it's not safe for them. No, it is. It's a one hundred percent guarantee. Well, most most of the time, right? Yeah. Um, another one is my body, my choice. Right. That's the big. That's the big mantra. Mm-hmm. Right. When it's, it's so funny, it's so it's so interesting that it's not their heads being crushed. It's exactly. not them getting poisoned. I know. I, did I send this to you? I think yeah. I send, post yep. along the post belongs to you. It's like how how obvious is this argument? Right. Mm-hmm. Are you suffering the effects of the abortion? Okay, well no. So clearly it's not your body. It's not. Right? Because if it the very least you'd feel it, right? If this is your body and you're suffering these things, uh, you'd be suffering the the damage that these abortions do. And the, yeah. you can it happens in a myriad of ways, right? Mm-hmm. We're pretty we're pretty um talented with how gruesome we can be towards yeah, the unborn. You're not lying. Yep. Um but here's the thing they're going to answer for it. We're going to answer for it. Yeah. The the nations going to answer for it, and the only answer is um, criminalizing it mm. and repenting. Of yep. It, right. And I know that it seems like these things are just they're They are miles away from possibility. But I mean, God turns you know sinners into saints, mm. right? It's if, it's only hopeless if you think it's hopeless. Yeah. You know. Uh, if you truly believe that God, the God we serve is a God who redeems, a God who justifies, a God who changes hearts, then, I mean, we're like we've talked about this entire episode, we should be compelled, mm-hmm. right? But a bunch of resources there. Um, they also have the port part where about, you know, message to the abortion clinic. So you, basically everything you need to say is right here for yeah. you on endabortionnow.com. All right, we're, you can donate. That link. Yeah, you can donate. You can basically learn whatever you need to know yeah, and it can help you out uh, especially in this issue cuz you know like it's it's always daunting to kind of like think about going to an abortion clinic mm-hmm. and like talking to them but i mean uh, apology 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 I don't know what, what they decided to call it, but they have you know some great resources and they're they're 100% you know all in for this like they have we will we'll, we'll give you finances if you need it so you don't abort your child we will adopt mm-hmm. you know it's just it's crazy this how, how big this ministry's grown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the one of the best out there for um, abortion because they they're literally in the trenches yeah. um fighting for it. Yeah. But uh you got anything else to add? I don't think so, man. Yeah. I think that's uh that's a wrap for season two, episode season one. Season two. Man, we're just back in back in the game already. Yeah. This is gonna be a new. This is gonna be a new age. We're turning the turning a new leaf. Turning you know? a new be, leaf. We're gonna be so consistent with our uploads, man. You're gonna be thinking we're getting paid for it. All know? of our mm-hmm. tens and tens of, uh, <laughs> uh, tens and tens of <laughs> listeners. We do it for you, right? Exactly, it could be ones do. of ones, and we'd still be in here recording. Yeah, that's true. But uh, because it's fun, so it I is. Mean, it's a blast, yeah. right? It's just a you know a little social hour between mm-hmm. us and them. You yeah. Know? Except we want to hear them talk. Yeah, you know, but it's good. It's a good time. Uh, we're about to wrap it up, but yeah. uh, we'll see y'all next time. We'll see you soon.